0: Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm Chad Dotson. Uh, joining me this week, uh, one, of our, uh, one of our writers, one of my favorite writers from Red Leg Nation, uh, Nick Kirby. How are you doing today, Nick? Good, Chad. How about you? Oh, doing well. Doing well. How long have you been with us now at, uh, at Red Leg Nation?
1: I-, I was actually just thinking about this this afternoon, uh, as I figured you'd ask. Uh, 2013, uh, my first post for the nation um, was, who should start the wild card game? Oh. Um,
0: Quato.
1: Well, well, it's funny because <laughs> because I, I wrote this big, long post, post for the nation, um, of who should start. And I, I came up with Homer Bailey, probably more of a personal thing. And I went through each and every starter and I didn't even mention Quato because he was on the DL. And then Dusty, of course, of course, trolled me with,
0: <laughs> right. As, as Dusty sometimes would do. Um, yeah so dusty yeah no i was i was thinking that's about when i uh when i thought i couldn't remember exactly and of course i didn't take the time to go look it up because i'm lazy like that but uh but uh, you've been around a while and uh, really appreciate uh, your contributions look forward to them all the time at red leg nation um this is uh sort of a we've talked about it a little bit in the past and interesting here to be a reds fan there, there are reasons to be optimistic and and reasons why you may not be optimistic—plenty uh, to talk about on those scores. But one of the things that I'm—I uh, guess—one of the more positive things to talk about that I like is this All-Star game coming up. And you know, uh, the the Reds get to have at least one guy in the All-Star game. Did you know? Did you know that's a rule? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Thank goodness, because I'm not sure. Actually, I, actually, I think we've got two or three guys that uh, are legitimate. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on who should be the All-Star for the Reds? Well, yeah. For, for as bad as the Reds are, they have several really
1: good individual performances. It, it, it's weird because usually you'd expect the team, I think, what are they, with third worst record in baseball, you'd expect not not a whole lot. Like if you looked at the Atlanta Braves when we were playing them, they didn't really have a lot of all-stars, you know? They didn't really have anyone. I was looking through – I was on one of the previews. I was looking through their their, um, their offense. They had one above-average player, and that was it. But the Reds have like four or five good offensive players. Um, and it, it's tough. You know, the ball would obviously just be awesome because of you know, it came out of nowhere. He has twenty one home runs. Uh I think he's still tied for the MLB lead. Um, he'd be awesome. But I think personally I have to go with this the sentimental pick of Jay Bruce. Um, just because how up and down and and the struggles and and this will probably be his last summer with the Reds. We you know, we don't know for sure, but this will probably be it. I think I'd like to see him go out as an all-star just because of where he came from last year to this year and just how incredible his turnaround has been.
0: Yeah, I couldn't, uh, couldn't argue with that at all. In my mind, there are three guys, I think, that are legitimate, uh, legitimate all-stars at this point. Obviously, the, the sort of fun story, as you noted, Adam Duvall, he is, as, as we record this, tied for, the, tied for the major league lead in home runs. Um, tied for the National League League with Nolan Arenado, and I think uh, Mark Trumbo and, and some guy named Fraser in the American League, I think also at 21. Um, and, you know, he's got his flaws as a player, Duvall, and we've talked about those uh, a lot, uh, both here on the podcast at redlegnation.com and, and, of course, on Twitter. We're constantly talking about it. But, man, what a, what a fun season. You know, it c- comes out of nowhere. I throw in on a, on a trade to get uh, for Mike Leak with Nine the Giants. Part. Nine starts, that's, throwing <laughs> for nine starts of Mike Leake, that's yeah. And And the Reds have already gotten enough value out of him to justify trading nine starts of Mike Leake away, and that's without even talking about uh, Melia, or uh, Kuri, Me- I, I, Me- I'm not even sure how to pronounce his name. The, uh, I don't
1: know how to spell it, I don't know how to say
0: it. Uh, yeah, right, I shouldn't have dove into that one without uh, <laughs> figuring it out first. But, yeah, without even factoring in that the Reds, uh, that he was the primary piece in that deal, so, you know, Duvall uh, is he going to keep it up all year? I don't know, but, uh, uh maybe his, uh, ceiling is as we thought it was a sort of glorified, uh, fourth outfielder with some pop, which maybe is- put him in the derby. That'd be, that'd be cool. Well, and that's, that's actually the point there. I was going with. If if, if, <laughs> if, if he's leading the national league in home runs by the time the all-star break gets here, he's got a great argument to be on the team and he's, he'll absolutely be in the home run derby and, and with the, all the power that he's got, that would be fun. Um, I, I for it too. Yeah, well, I don't remember the last time the Reds had a contestant in the Home Run Derby. Do you remember when that was? They may have
1: one last year. Oh
0: yeah, that's right. That's right. The Frazier that we talked about. I remember yeah. him. Um, I hope they keep that
1: format. That format was was incredible. It just uh, the theater and everything. The the format was uh, whoever decided to change that and everyone was hating on it before, but that eh, was perfect. That was as good as it gets.
0: Yeah, I was hating on it before. Uh, with the, the timer, and I didn't know how it would work, but you're right. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. It just added to the drama, having the countdown and, and trying to get as many swings as you can get. Whereas before, you know, the guys were, and we're veering off into home run derby talk here, which is what happens on uh, Red leg Nation radio. Uh, you know, before, you'd have guys waiting for the perfect pitch and taking a lot of pitches, and who wants to watch that? Here, they're just trying to swing. It, it was fun, and I... Um, I'm glad they went to that. I didn't think it was a good idea, and I was for the first time ever, I was wrong.
1: <laughs> a lot of pressure on the pitchers. <laughs>
0: it is, yes, yeah. You got to get it across the plate. Um, I'm not sure Frazier will make it back to the All-Star game this year. Maybe, uh, but uh, if he does, maybe his brother can pitch again. I don't know if Adam duvall has got a brother that can uh, lay him in there like uh, like Todd's brother did last year. But yeah, that's... his brother was pretty pretty incredible. He didn't miss much. He was right on. Yeah. So Duvall would be fun, uh, mostly because it's a great story, a fun story, and because of the the home run derby angle. Uh, and you said Bruce uh, as the sentimental pick, and I'm I'm not going to argue with that. In just a moment, I'm actually going to agree with you. But uh, I think there's a a case to be made that a, that Zach Cozart would be sort of a sentimental choice choice as well. You know, been a red been a red for the, all these years, and in in my opinion, a little bit of an underrated red. Uh, for a while because I don't think anyone really realizes how good his glove has been since he became a red and to see him get his first all-star game to me, uh, that'd be sort of a, a sentimental thing as well. Cause he's another guy. You don't know how much longer he's going to be around.
1: Yeah. I, I love Cozart too. It is, it is really hard. between those three. It is so hard because you know, and I'm sure the reds will end up getting a pitcher just to, as the or one, <laughs> you know, just, just to really sum up this year. I'm sure it'll be, you know, Finnegan yeah. or someone.
0: Probably <laughs> Blake Wood or uh, uh, Blake J- J.C. Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, yeah, you know, but yeah, you're right. You're right. All three of these guys are, you can't really argue with any of them. They're, uh, you know, all have good cases. CoSAR's numbers have dropped a little. Uh, still leads the team in uh, in wins above replacement, both uh, baseball reference and fan graphs. Uh, and you know he's hitting 282, 324 on base, 506 slugging, 11 home runs, and and an elite glove. I was looking at the other shortstops around the league, and of course Addison Russell uh, for Chicago is probably going to going to win the vote because Chicago's stuff in the ballot box. Right. But, uh, but you know really when you look around the league, Corey Seager has had a a good year. Um, you know Brandon Crawford's had a good year, but but Cozart's in the in the conversation in terms of National League shortstops.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got sixth, sixth in baseball and wins above replacement. Third in the uh, the National League, he's, you know, right there. Um, it, a lot of times with these all-star things, it just comes down to what position they need filled. So, it, it probably won't be, you know, the one guy most deserving, maybe. Um, it may just be whoever fills. And that might be good for Kozart because shortstop's not as, as deep as maybe the outfield with Bruce or... Um, or Duvall. So that might be a good thing for Cozart.
0: Yeah, I think you may be right. My first thought was, oh, you know, Addison Russell's going to get one, and, and Addison <laughs> Russell's a good player. I, I'm not he'll, – he'll make plenty of all-star games in his career, I'd say. But, um, you know, if Cozart's more deserving than him and he takes up a spot, maybe that takes a spot away from Cozart. But I think if you're looking at a numbers crunch, Jay Bruce is going to have uh, a much more of a, a numbers crunch. Um, but, man, I'm like you. Sentimentally, me personally – all the all the trouble that Jay Bruce has had the last couple of years and all the criticism he's taken um wouldn't it just be a uh, a great story in 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 its own right that this guy that's been a really good red for years has made a couple all-star all-star teams already but just to see him uh make his way back to the summit a little bit after how far down he was um I could yeah. dig that
1: Yeah absolutely you know Bruce has a a one thousand eleven OPS right now. Is that good? Well, Joey Votto had a one thousand on the dot, and he finished third in the MVP. So Jay Bruce has been as offensively has been as good as Joey Votto was last year. That's incredible. I I can't even like fathom that he was as good as Votto was last year. Yeah. To This
0: point this season. Yeah, I can't. I mean, that that sounds crazy to even suggest. Yeah. Uh, that, that that was that. That's the case. Um you know what can you say about bruce uh what's he got here 16 home runs uh that ops 9 16 ops plus 140 uh you know uh, he's been he's been incredible and it's sort of come a little bit out of nowhere because he's always had uh, been up and down in terms of streakiness but he's been pretty consistently good this year after two years when he was really of course now he had the, he had the injury uh, that sapped his power for a while, and it took him a while to get back. But, uh, you know, he's – I was looking it up uh, yesterday. When you look at uh, some of the advanced metrics, WRC+, plus WOBA, Bruce is in the top four in both of those among all National League outfielders. I mean, that's that's impressive. We're talking about uh, some of the best players in baseball. Um, and now those, those numbers among the National League outfielders may, as you said – Keep him from being on the team, but he's been. This is not just a case of a hot streak making his numbers look uh, better than he is. He's just been great. And uh, but w- what are your thoughts on you know his 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 WAR numbers His wins above replacement is a little depressed, and that's because the metrics seem to really hate his defense. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first I have to correct myself. I, I said he had a one
1: thousand OPS. He did not. That was in June. <laughs> I was I had the <laughs> wrong. Um, but that's. He he's nine sixteen on the year, which is still really good. But that's the incredible thing about him is you keep expecting him to slow down, but he hasn't. He has over a thousand OPS in June,
0: so he's, he's somehow gotten better. So you keep expecting him to slow down, but he hasn't. Yeah, he um, keeps getting better. When's Jay Bruce ever done that? He's always been up and down.
1: Yeah, you you keep, you keep waiting for the the, the pitfall. I mean, hopefully, it never comes. That'd be great. Um, yeah, and and people who know me from from Twitter and, and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm, I'm a big defensive guy. Um, you know, I. I think it, it's a lot of value on defense. I've been a huge fan of Cozart over the years, even when he wasn't hitting just because of how valuable he was um, defensively. So it's tough with Bruce. I mean, I was listening to your to last podcast with um, with Chris, and it's hard because you, you watch the games and you don't really see any glaring bad defense from Bruce, but it's not a small sample size. The last... Three years he's been just really bad numbers wise and I don't I'm sure Billy Hamilton does drag those numbers down a little bit but um, it, it's tough it, it's tough and, and you hope that's not something when the Reds are looking to, to, to possibly trade him the next uh, month that that's something that hurts them because I know a lot of uh, general managers look at those well. so you know I, I hope it's not at least in right field, it's not a crucial spot defensively, like shortstop or center fielder, or something like that. But yeah, the the numbers stink. I hate the <laughs> I hate the numbers, and I usually love them, but I hate I just
0: hate those numbers on Bruce. Now, I'm with you. You know, I have no problem believing that he's a below average outfielder because I think that's been the trend. He used to be a great outfielder, obviously, uh, and that's been the trend. I have difficulty believing he's as bad as the numbers say he is this year. Uh, and again, maybe that's just me not wanting to believe what I see, but I, I really would love to see. I'm sure the front offices, when you look at the StatCast and all the uh, all the things that they have that are not available to us, I'd love to know what they say about his defense and whether it's really as bad as they say, it. and and whether there's some way to quantify, as you mentioned, and, and as we talked about last week, uh, to quantify whether or not Billy Hamilton is depressing his numbers a little bit because Billy Hamilton gets to so many balls. I don't know. Um one thing I will say, and I've, I've really tried to watch this closely when I've watched games, is, is how Bruce
1: plays. I've noticed, and this is an eye test—take it for not much, you know—but I've noticed he tends to take some bad routes on balls, and I've, I've noticed that players get extra bases um, on him than maybe they should. I've seen some some balls that really he should have cut off that go to the wall um, that gets a double out of, or. He doesn't take a good route, and they get a triple instead of a double. So I have seen some extra bases, but, I mean, he makes every catch. He has a great arm, and, and so it's, it's confusing. I, I get why a lot of people really hate the defensive metrics, especially with the case of Bruce.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is really the first time where yeah, I, I'm like you, the eye test. Don't, don't give me that nonsense, you know. I, that's the way I've always been. But this is the first time where I can, I've can ever really seen the eye test and what the numbers say be drastically Different well in defense Dave is
1: the eye test uh it is yeah. every single place, so it's not really a completely computerized um that's method. true you know so
0: you get a little of both yeah the, the, you know and the question about him taking bad routes to the ball that's the type of thing I mentioned about stat cast uh, that's the type of thing that is being measured I think in front offices that we don't aren't really privy to uh all the data that they're able to collect on that, and that could be. Uh, that could be, you know, that could be bad for his trade value if 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 the numbers uh, in terms of his uh, the routes he takes to the ball, are, uh, fail just just like the eye test does. Uh, so those are those are probably I think that if, if I had a vote, actually I don't know how I would vote. I, I started to say Jay Bruce, just because I'm I love Jay Bruce. Uh, he's so so darn affable. Uh, he's just a uh, he's you know he's he's never made excuses. He's just always uh, he's just He's a quintessential red in my mind. Been here forever, but uh, you know I, I have a hard time voting against either Cozart or Duvall. You think we can somehow petition to have three reds on the hey, team this year? A couple of them could sneak in as as like injury
1: replacements. There if you last- go.
0: Yeah, we'll get maybe one as an injury replacement. One will be in that final uh, the the you know the final roster spot vote, and we can get uh, we can get Lisa Braun with the Reds on uh, on that, like she did last year with Todd Frazier to get him elected. So. Um, you know that those are really, t- to my mind, the only three candidates. You look at the the wins above replacement numbers, and uh, some people. Uh, I know you're not surprised, and I'm not surprised, but some people may be surprised at who's number three on the r- on the Reds in uh, in wins above replacement to this point. Dan Straley, Dan the Man, Dan the Man. Now he's not an all star, although he does have an all star beard. Absolutely, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, good story. Not an all star. I think we're probably uh, limited to those three candidates.
1: Yeah. May- maybe Finnegan. I mean, Finnegan, he does have a below four ERA, but I mean, he would maybe be the only other one. And if I guess if they would have to take a reliever, maybe Blake would. Um, if, like, for some reason they say, well, we have to have a reliever from the Reds. But please, please, that would just
0: be. <laughs> that would be. That most- I'm I gonna say that would be the funniest uh, thing if in this year in which the Reds bullpen has been historically bad, the only Reds All Star would be an, a reliever. That that make me want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> yep. And, and I care too much about this All Star stuff anyway. I just I think it's fun. I always uh, always like talking about it, and, uh, and and I'll watch the game no matter how ridiculous it is. But that would that would probably turn me off the All Star game forever. Yeah. <laughs> um. Although the Reds have, for the last four years, had a reliever on the All Star team, I believe. Wow, four in a row. I think so. A guy named uh, Chapman. You remember him? Oh yeah, yeah. Forgot about him. Yeah, he's he's not a Red anymore. Did did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. I've I've, <laughs> I've painfully noticed that this year. Um, we've been talking about uh, about Cozart and, and Bruce, and I think that's probably a good uh, way to segue into. Uh, the trade deadline that's going to be here before you know it in about a month. And uh, obviously Jay Bruce almost traded during the uh, off season. Uh, he's rebuilt his value. Zach Cozart uh, has uh, been able to rebuild his value after the, after the injury. What's your gut feeling on what the Reds are going to do with those guys? I, mean, I think, I think they'll be aggressive. I, I, mean, I don't see any way
1: that, that Jay Bruce is not traded. Um, I mean, they were trying to trade him before the season when he wasn't good, at least he didn't look good, and now he's good. I I don't see any way they, they don't trade him at the deadline. I saw a report today um, that the Giants had been calling the Reds, and, and I don't know how, how accurate is it is. I think it was from the San Francisco Chronicle. But the Giants were calling the Reds about Bruce, and the Reds weren't returning their calls. So that's interesting. That could very well just be you know, someone typing on there but um yeah the trade with the Giants worked out well for the Reds last year so that could be a good a good partner again
0: um yeah you'd think the Giants would be uh, at some point starting to get desperate uh depending on what happens with Hunter Pence and uh yeah I he's out he's out
1: for at least most of the year I know yeah I, I gotta, that's why I keep track of, of Hunter um yeah yeah I think they'd also be gun shy to make a trade for the Reds when they got so—I uh, don't want to say owned, but I guess owned on that. Here, um, you think they'd be guy to 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 make a deal with the Reds?
0: Yeah, you know what's uh what's what's crazy is if they had uh, just not if they'd toss somebody else in other than Adam Duvall, they'd probably have a stopgap outfielder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in in Adam Duvall. Yeah. Um. So you know who knows. Uh, they may be maybe gunshot. I don't know. I doubt it. They're uh, if they feel like they're desperate enough, uh, you know, the, the White Sox are a potential. I, I think the Indians uh, looks like they'd be perfect, but of course the Indians are on Bruce's no trade list. Uh, so,
1: oh, are they? I actually didn't know that. I, I live in Cleveland, so I, I I go to a few Indians games, and and my wife's an Indians fan, so I, I keep you know kind of a, a decent close eye on them. I know that they have two really good prospects in, in Clint Frazier and um, uh, Bradley Zimmer, too. I believe they're both outfielders. Um, but they've been – they do not want to trade either one of them. So I don't know how willing they are to even make a deal if Bruce was to waive that that uh, that trade clause.
0: Yeah, I think that the Bruce evidently in the offseason added the uh, Indians to his uh, list of teams that he uh, – his no-trade teams. I Interesting. Think, I think he's got eight, ten teams on there, and uh, he – I don't know if it was uh, as a result or as part of negotiations surrounding this, that potential deal with the Blue Jays that we heard about um, a few months ago. But he actually removed Toronto from his list and, and put Cleveland on the list in their place, which I thought was really well, sort of strange, actually. I'm not sure why Cleveland, Cleveland City of Champions would be uh, on his <laughs> no-trade list. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you come down from that high, by the way? No, no, not at all. I mean, I'm not a huge
1: diehard Cavs fan, but you know, living up here, I certainly jumped on the bandwagon. I didn't have an NBA team. I certainly jumped on the bandwagon, you know, when LeBron came back, which was, by the way, only six months after I moved up here, so I like to take full credit for, for <laughs> up here. As you should. But yeah, that was, it's, it's been really cool here. Hopefully I can get that that feeling with my, with my Reds sometime, because that was as... As good as it gets. I was only three in, in 1990, so I can't really – I don't really have any memories on that. Um, but, yeah, I hope I can get that feeling with the Reds because it would be
0: a hundred times what how cool it was here. Absolutely. And, and two two points I want to make there. Number one, uh, you were only three in 1990, so enjoy this podcast. You're too young. I'm never having you back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no and, and number two is it was, it was exciting to see the city, uh, you know, just get so insane. That parade, the, the pictures from overhead at the parade were just amazing. And, and it's been so long since the Cincinnati's seen anything like that with the Reds or, or obviously the Bengals. That uh, I, you know, I don't know that it's going to be as crazy as that, but it will be. It will be a fun time if and when, if and when the another championship ever makes it back to Cincinnati. Sooner rather than later, I hope. Um, we're yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big LeBron fan. I make no secret of that. It just. Sort of for the same reason that I, uh, I always loved, uh, well, Barry Bonds, for example, now different reasons. He's LeBron's not, I don't know why he's made out to be a villain in some, uh, in some, uh, respects, but I love watching the elite guys, I love watching the guys that can do things nobody else can do. And, and, and so LeBron, I just, uh, there's no, there's no NBA team in, uh, in Cincinnati, so I picked the 76ers as a kid, so. Uh, so really, I, I don't have a pro team, really. So I've really gotten into watching LeBron. And I was really happy to see that happen. Um, so congr- yeah. congratulations to them. Um, back to Jay Bruce. I, I can't disagree with anything you've said, and I think you're probably right that he will be dealt at some point. Um, I'm going to go on record as saying I hope he's not, and I realize that's absolutely irrational. Given where the Reds are in this rebuild, and um, but sort of a you know, this is the 136th episode of uh, of this podcast, and sort of a running theme throughout the uh, throughout the years here has been that I I'm sort of a a field of dreams type uh, type fan, you know. I let my heart uh, get in the way of uh, of what's rational sometimes, and you know, I just I remember Bruce when he first came up, and I happened to be in. Uh, in New York, at the time he, uh, right after he came up and the Reds were playing at, at Yankee Stadium, and he was hitting so well there at the beginning. And I've just always had a, a, a fondness for Bruce. And um, now that he's hitting like we always thought he was going to hit, it, I, it probably can't last. But man, uh, if he could just be, you know, uh, not even this good, but, uh, you know, an above average right fielder, he's still just 29 if the you know, if the reds really think they can at least get back to some semblance of competitiveness in the next 2 or 3 years he could you know you can squint your eyes and say hey you know he could help the team uh, probably the, the the right business decision and the right baseball decision is to move him especially now with uh, not only is his value rebuilt somewhat because of the way he's hitting but he's also got another full year on the contract which should make him uh, a lot more attractive to teams on the trade market so you're right you're correct about all that but i don't have to like it <laughs> the um I actually was at uh
1: Bruce's his debut, um was it oh eight oh eight I think. I guess it was, yeah. And that was that was um I just come back from college, um, after my second year of college and I'd kinda not really watched the Reds the for the four or five years before that, you know, I was in college, I was busy and I, I I've said it I've said it a million times, that was kinda like the day that I fell in love with the Reds again and uh, now I'm watching him in 2016, 20 games under 500. But yeah, that that game, that experience was, that was it was so cool, you know, seeing him come up in his first game. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's it'd be hard to see him go, um, especially when he's you know it seems like he's finally turned a corner. Um, but as I, I said before, um, if if you don't have them, if you don't have anyone on contract. In 2018 or later, because I think that's probably the first year the Reds can realistically think they can contend again. Then you probably should should cut ties if they if you have any value. And you know, yeah. it's I really wish the Reds would have would have locked him up this last offseason. I completely understand why they didn't. You know, the fans would have would have rioted if they <laughs> yeah. they signed him to an extension after the the couple bad years he had. But you know, but since they didn't. I think you can't say, "Well, we made a mistake. Let's try to sign him now when he's going to be three times as expensive." Um, you know, buy low, sell high. You know, that's that's kind of that's kind of the motto you have to have. So it stinks, but it's probably the right move.
0: Yeah, you know, and you're probably right. Before the season, if they'd signed him to some extension, you're right. The talk radio fans, I like to call them, and or the Twitter eggs would have gone nuts, and and now actually might have, you know, questioned it. Uh, been a little bit more critical than I would be now. I, I'll concede that. Uh, now the fans may go nuts if they trade him. You know the the flip side of that because uh, he's hitting so well. Fans are fickle. You got to do what's right for the team. Again, you know I'm I'm stretching a little bit to say that uh, an extension is the right thing for him. And, and but at least I'm I'm honest enough to say it's because I'm just I'm sentimental uh, uh, about guys that have been with the Reds for a while and. Um, yeah, we're just rooting for the, the name on the front of the jersey, but uh, you get attached to some of these guys uh, on the back of the jersey. So. And Bruce had so many big
1: moments with the Reds, obviously the clincher, but he's just had so many big hits, you know, big walk-offs, just big moments that, that really have tied this, you know, the, the, the past era together. Just, I mean, so many big
0: moments. Yeah, and it just won't seem right seeing him in some other uniform. Yeah, um, I mean, we got used to it with Cueto, I guess. Uh, although I've still not completely gotten used to that. Um, and the Cueto deal turned out to be, I, I think, a smashing success. Uh, uh, you know, there's really no way you can say otherwise. The three pitchers they got in exchange for him were all in the starting rotation right now. Um, less than a year later. Uh, so Bruce, I, I hope they don't rush into a deal because they feel like they have to move him immediately. Because um, if they don't get it done now, they you know he still has another year on the contract, and they could still do something in the off season, maybe when there might be more suitors available. I don't know, but if they can get good value for Bruce, but you know, sell high. I th- I think you probably have to jump at it. Yeah, uh, you sort of feel the same way about uh, maybe on a different scale, but uh, about Kozart? Yeah, I mean he's he's a free agent after next year
1: too. Um, so I mean, if, if they're not going to help you in twenty eighteen. And I don't really see the Reds giving Cozart an extension, especially when he's, you know, at at the highest point I think he'll ever be of his career, at least numbers wise. I don't see any any way they're going to extend him now, unless he tanks the rest of the year and they sign him in the off season. But I, they're not going to help you before 2018. Then, sorry, it stinks. But you probably should should look to move him.
0: Yeah, I have a little bit less. Uh you know, discomfort with, uh, with moving Cozart. I'm not sure his value is ever going to get higher. Uh, I'm a big fan of Zach Cozart. Uh, I've defended him in print, uh, even when he was at his worst with the bat, uh, because his glove was so amazing. And So now that he's hitting, uh, and you know, if you look at this year, he's got uh, 262 plate appearances. And then I don't uh, have in front of me what he had last year, but you know, uh, we're starting to get into the, the area where it's not such a tiny sample size that he's, That he's hitting better. Um, Those are five home runs in June.
1: Yeah, fifty-one OPS. I thought he was he was slowing down. I I thought you know eh, he hasn't really been as good lately. And looking, he has five home runs in June. He's
0: he's still hitting. Yeah, I mean you know he's he's starting to make me a believer that he's changed his approach or that he's I don't know what's I don't know what's caused uh, all of a sudden him to to start hitting last year and then for it to carry over this year. And it's great. And when you combine that with his glove, I thought he was going to slow down with the glove because of the, that bad knee injury. I thought that had to affect him. I don't think it has, maybe a little bit. Um, but, you know, Cozart's 30. Uh, I don't want to sign a 30-plus-year-old a shortstop to any kind of an extension uh, unless it's – more on the
1: defensive side, than the yeah. off, projecting at least.
0: Yeah, unless we're talking Barry Larkin, I'm probably not too uh, – yeah. Uh, interested in that? So yeah, you probably deal him. I, I wonder what the market is for him out there. Um, there's gonna be somebody that's gonna be in need of a shortstop.
1: Yeah, it probably will come down to. I can't think of any contender that that desperately needs a shortstop, but I'm sure there will be someone who will have someone get injured, um, and and they'll need they'll need someone to fill in. Um, like not the Giants, say Brandon proper gets hurt, but you know they have a real shot this year. They need someone to put in there that's probably the suitor. It probably will come in the next month someone has someone get hurt.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyone else you can think of? I don't really see anyone. I mean, I know the Reds would love to, uh, you know, drop Brandon Phillips on someone, and that's probably not going to happen. Uh, yeah. Maybe he gets sick of losing and, and
1: says, you know, you can't blame him. I, I'm not the biggest Brandon Phillips fan, but, you know, he signed a contract here. You can't blame him for for holding his option. Um but the only way I, I can see the Reds dealing Phillips, and it, it probably stinks, would be if they bench him or they move him down way down in the lineup, kind of kind of similar to like Griffey Jr. at the end of his his tenure with the Reds, where they I think they finally moved him down the lineup a little bit. Um, I, I think that's probably the only way he's going to get traded is if the Reds start benching him for, for um, Peraza.
0: Yeah. I don't see them benching him. They definitely need to move him down in the lineup, uh, yeah, without question. But yeah, I think you're probably right. That may be the only way that, or if he just gets sick of losing. I I I agree with what you said though. I can't I can't really blame him. He did have an opportunity to go from a 98 loss team to uh, to play for the Nationals, which would have been, you know, probably more fun right now to play for uh, a contender like that. But on the other hand, he's been how long's he been living in uh, Cincinnati? You know, a decade now, and you're packing everything up and and. You know, disrupting your life. And uh, listen, I understand he's human. This is uh, has become home, and he does have a lot of fans here. Uh, I guess, I guess I can understand it. But really, he's uh, he's a little bit of dead weight, and I think the Reds would uh, would deal him in a heartbeat if they could. I can't imagine there's much of a market for yeah,
1: him. Yeah, it really missed the, the the best chance was the Nationals. Dusty Baker. I mean, they're they're really close. That was the window but now that they got murphy you know um who's just been incredible for them um yeah that was the best shot to get rid of him and it'll be interesting to see um next year if he's still on the team because you assume at some point the reds are going to want to play peraza every day um it'll be interesting to see how he handles that and i hope it's not i hope he doesn't go out on, on bad terms or anything um but it'll, it'll be an interesting dynamic next year if, if they have to bench him for Peraza.
0: Yeah, Phillips has had a history of getting his feelings hurt a little bit. You think back to the Joey Votto contract, you uh, know that, and the, uh, he's uh, he has an ego, and it will be interesting to see how it all ends in Cincinnati. And I'm like you; I really hope it doesn't end uh, in too bitter a fashion. Because I mean, for all the uh, you know faults that Brandon Phillips may have. Uh, and we've chronicled those on this podcast and at, at Red Leg Nation many times. Um, he's also a Reds Hall of Famer. I mean, this guy's going to be in the Reds Hall of Fame someday. He's one of the best second basemen when you look at career that's ever played uh, for Cincinnati. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, yeah, so you don't want to you don't want that to be uh, you don't want too bitter a taste in his mouth.
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's had an incredible career. I mean, he was think of how good he was in the the playoff series that obviously didn't turn out too well but i mean he had a big home run in game two against the phillies he was really good against the uh the giants in that series um he's had a lot of big moments for the reds and you know you'd hate to see to see him go down on 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 bad terms
0: yeah i'm afraid there's no way if the reds uh make their decisions rationally and not on sentimentality as i've been discussing I'm not sure how how it could end any other way because they they have to get Peraza in the lineup. Or they just they just have to do that soon at some point if they think he's going to be a part of the next good Reds team. Um, and I don't I don't unless of course they could trade uh, Zach Kozart and shift Peraza over to shortstop and and that's how to get him in the lineup. I don't know. Uh, let me ask you a, a question that bounces around in my mind occasionally. What what about the idea? and feel free to uh to disagree with this uh this concept uh, if you want but peraza at shortstop Eugenio suarez at second base for the next few years how how does that play i think that's ideal
1: um i am not ready to give up on suarez um defensively at third base you know it's his first year there um i'm not ready to give up on him i've seen him make a couple good plays um I'm not ready to give up on him, but I think second base would certainly be better. It would help out um, his throwing issues. Um, and I think he has pretty good range. You know, he's pretty good with the glove. You know, he was pretty good turning double plays. So yeah, I think really that's probably the best, the best scenario. And then you get a, a, a bigger bat and at third base too. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably the direction the Reds will eventually head into.
0: Yeah, I hope um, so. I I think we, Suarez's bat, he's only 24 right now. Uh, his bat would play very well at second base, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean 14 home runs on on June 24th. I mean,
1: you can't for a guy who's only 24, 24 right? He, yes. Much better than than that.
0: Yeah, and at, at 24, you think about a guy like uh, Todd Frazier who everybody's comparing him to this year. And I wrote about this earlier earlier in the year. Uh, Frazier wasn't even in the in, he was in Triple A. Uh, and not doing particularly great at age 24 so uh you know what Suarez has done at age 23 and 24 in the big leagues is uh reason for I know a lot of people are down on him right now and and I'm I'm extremely bullish on Eugenio Suarez's future and I'm like you I think his defensive issues will get ironed out he's still he's learning a new position at the major league level I mean do you know how hard that is to learn in a completely new position at the big league level it uh, seems impossible to me so. and, and he did well of late um yeah 8 862 OPS, four home
1: runs in in June. So, I mean, he's hitting pretty well. He's he's he really dipped down. Um, Had a rough in, May, yeah. May, but I think he's coming back. I think by the end of the year, he'll at least be at at league average um, hitting wise, um, but and with really good power. And and if for second baseman, if you have second baseman who can hit 25 home runs in in the big leagues, I mean that's 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 pretty good. You're not that that's that's the top. So. Um, yeah, I, I like Suarez going forward. I think 24 years old, he's getting penalized because he's playing in the major leagues at 24, like right. like you said. Exactly.
0: Yeah, my dream scenario is to shift him over there, and then by the time 2018 gets here, that uh, Nick Senzel, who was uh, pick number one this year in the, by the Reds, uh, number two pick overall in the draft, uh, flies through the system and uh, is ready to take over third base. That's my dream. Yeah,
1: I mean, every everything I've read on him says he's going to be quick, and he's coming out of college. I mean, we've seen Chris Bryant and, and Kyle Schwarber of the Cubs and a lot of other guys recently. If you're coming out of college, um, a polished hitter, like everything we've read about Sinsel said, he's a very polished hitter, it shouldn't take too long. It shouldn't be a five-, six-year stretch through the minors. He should be up here pretty quick.
0: Well, and he's coming out not just out of college, but also out of maybe the premier college baseball conference which is the southeastern conference and so he's been playing some pretty good competition already uh so that my fingers are crossed on that especially when you consider like you said all the reports are how polished he is he's just great approach at the plate sort of understands the strike zone um and it sort of hit the ground running at billings uh, since joining the reds minor league uh, affiliate I, i'm hopeful that he's you know uh high soon Maybe, uh, maybe double-A next year, and then after that, who knows? Uh, depends on how he performs, obviously. But yeah. I think once once 2018 gets here, 2018-2019,
1: those, those years, that the Reds' pitching is going to be pretty good. I mean, they have a lot of arms, so really the question marks will be how they fill out a lineup then. So, yeah, you hope Senzel and Winker are – are ready to go and maybe even that Adam Duval guy still sticking around hitting hitting 30 home runs out and maybe left field or right field depending on where they put Winker
0: yeah yeah you know it, uh, it's dependent on whether uh, Jesse Winker and, and Nick Sinzel can turn out to be the, the guys we think they can be but if so those are two pretty good pieces that you can plug right in Suarez uh, will only be better at that time and hopefully Billy Hamilton will I'm, I'm okay with the way Billy Hamilton's playing this year. Frankly, when you consider his defense, he's hitting just enough to make me uh, ignore uh, the overall numbers. I guess. Yeah, and he's going up. Yeah, proving that's that's the thing. You know, the first two three
1: years he was here, it was it was just slowly getting worse. But he's finally going up. As long as you're going up and you're young, you know, I can I can live with that because there's a progression of of heading towards. And Billy Hamilton, he hits. Slightly below league average, just if he can, just slightly below league average, he's an elite center fielder. I, I mean, I don't think there's any questioning it because of how good he is defensively.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's an all-star at that point, and uh, and maybe better if he could hit above league average. He's probably an MVP candidate, frankly. Oh, absolutely, um, because of everything else he brings to the table. So, yeah, he's just 25. So in, in a couple of years, he'll just be 27, and and hopefully getting close to that peak, and hopefully hopefully having improved. All along the way so the if you're searching for reasons for optimism all these guys aren't going to pan out and even on the pitching side all of them aren't going to pan out but uh they've got enough pitchers that uh should most of them pan out they're going to have a pretty good rotation and bullpen and and they're still going to have to plug some holes in we don't know about devin miserocco that's a big big question mark uh but uh you know there are reasons to hope i guess yeah
1: yeah absolutely and they've got a couple decent catching prospects too, um, uh, Tyler Stevenson and and, and Chad Wallach um, down in the minors. That they, they should have some some backups there. Um, if Mezarrocco. I really hope I really like Mesoraco. I've really liked him as a player. Um, I really hope he can can get healthy and, and catch again. But you never know. He could be the guy we see out in right field or left field um, if he can't catch. And maybe Tyler Stevenson slides into that catcher's role.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're kind of ignoring him because he's such an unknown, but uh he could be uh he's you know, first base you would think would be the ideal position but the Reds have got a first baseman locked up for the next 7 years after this one. Um You'll have to get up bats there. Yeah, yeah, so uh, if he could come back and contribute somewhere around the diamond, that's that's another place the Reds don't necessarily have to field field because uh when healthy, he's he's always pretty much hit uh at least since uh, since the light came on in, in the minor leagues. Um, I'm, I'm looking over the current roster, and I don't see a whole lot other than those guys we've mentioned who are likely to be around the next time. Uh, what what are your thoughts on Peraza, since we've mentioned him? Yeah, you know,
1: I, I like him. Um, Just 22. Yeah, 20, 22 years old. I mean, it's it's hard to make conclusions. He was the, the Braves' number one prospect. Anytime you're a team's number one prospect, you're the number one prospect for a reason. So... I know he's kind of fallen down um, but I, I um, Jason Linden has been doing a great job down in, in Louisville with the reports said uh, through an interview I saw that he's really concentrated on getting on base um, having good at bats drawing a walk so that in itself with the Reds minor league organization just makes me so happy um, but yeah I mean 22 years old there's a there's a high ceiling and he, he is fast. I mean, I watch. He is really fast. And I like the position flexibility of shortstop, second base, center field. He can be a guy who can fill some holes.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he, uh, where and how he ends up being used by the Reds. There a lot of different ways they could go with him. And, and, and hopefully, he pans out. I don't know, you know. I think a lot of the luster came off that number one prospect ranking because not often that a top prospect gets traded twice. Uh, as he was, uh, traded away from Atlanta, then away from Los Angeles. But, uh, again, just 22. He's a guy that if he can just get on base at a decent clip, um, you know, becomes a pretty intriguing prospect. And it looks like he's in the, in the big leagues to stay at this point since the Reds cut ties with uh, the immortal Jordan Pacheco this week. So, um,
1: hopefully... One of the, uh, I think he's one of like eleven players in in Reds history, and eight of them were pitchers to have fifty plate appearances without walking one time. So,
0: <laughs> oh man, I, I missed I missed that stat. I, I wish I, I'm glad that I hadn't seen that because it would cause me to lose sleep. Um, <laughs> on the on the pitching side of it, since we're talking about sort of the young guys, I'm trying to project out a little bit. Cody Reed, see the see the best of the bunch. Eh, I don't know if
1: I'm ready to, to, to crown him yet. I mean, exciting. I mean, his, his first start, he struck out nine nine, I believe. Um, man, the stuff is there. Uh, there's there's a lot to like, but I think there'll be growing pains, you know, as we've seen with 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 like Finnegan. Um, but whew, he's he's talented. That's a great thing about about the Reds pitching is it is hard to make a case for the five guys that should be starting in the future. It's really, really hard. And for a team as bad as the Reds are to be able to say that, like think think back in the two thousands when the Reds were really bad. We couldn't we wouldn't have arguments about, you know, which five are the best, you know, and, and be like, oh man, that sixth guy's really good. <laughs> you know we didn't have that. So that that's encouraging, at least to me.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure that people really realize. Maybe the the, the average fan really understands right now uh, how exciting it is. You know, you look at uh, at Cody Reed, at Robert Stevenson, who uh, should be up for good at some point, at uh, Brandon Finnegan. All three, 23 years old, and yeah, growing pains is the word you use. And yeah, there are going to be plenty of growing pains. Uh, but just talent just oozing uh, uh, out of those guys. And, and when you start getting frustrated that they have a couple bad starts, and uh, you know you start to worry that maybe they're going to be a bust, go back and look at Johnny Cueto's first couple of years. Go back and look at Greg Maddox's first couple of years, and calm down. Young pitchers are inconsistent, but man, these guys are so talented.
1: Yeah, I mean, and another guy, Amir Garrett.
0: I mean, he's just sitting down, and he's
1: now in Triple A, but he had a 1.75 ERA and. and- starts, I mean, just, just so much talent, and that could also be a good thing for two reasons. Um, one is the bullpen's going to be fixed eventually, because you have so many starters that you could just throw whoever doesn't make the rotation of the bullpen and have a pretty good bullpen. Um, but two, as we talked about, the Reds are probably going to have a hole or two um, on offense. You also have trade pieces to, to trade of, of guys who are either near major league ready or close to it um if you're pitching. So that can help you maybe plug a hole here in
0: that. Yeah, that's, that's that's a great point, you know, uh, Dick Williams is going to take over as the uh, actual general manager after this season and and he's got some work to do. There's no question no no one would argue that he doesn't have work to do, but there are pieces in place. I mean, he's got some things to work with and uh they're going to have to make the right decisions, but and we can talk about whether or not we believe that'll happen. But, uh, yeah, there there are pieces there that uh, can be moved around, and you can sort of see uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. And and it could be sooner rather than later. I mean, they're not going to win the World Series next year, but maybe 2018. Uh, well, they're not going to win the World Series in 2018 either, probably, but at least uh, you can start seeing the semblance of a competitive team in Cincinnati. Uh, we haven't even talked about Roselle Iglesias yet, who looks like he's probably, maybe, I'm hoping not, but maybe end up in the bullpen 'cause of his shoulder, maybe maybe not able to take the strain of being a star, but I think to me, I love Cody Reed, but a stuff is the best I've seen out of any of these young pitchers. I love watching that guy throw, so Yeah, he reminds a lot of, of not not his mechanics and everything, but he you a lot of just Johnny
1: Cueto Um with his, his, his ability to be dominant at times. And I don't I don't like him going to the bullpen just because I I really think he probably projects to be the, the best um, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I hope it's just a temporary move, but I kind of feel, and I've said it, if he's not healthy enough to start, why is he pitching when the season means nothing? So I, I, I hope that they get him back um, into the rotation. At least he gets a chance to be in the rotation again, and, and it's not another Chapman situation, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there are some differences uh, to the Chapman situation, but I, that's, that was my first thought when they first started talking about the bullpen was, oh, please don't let this turn into a a long term thing. At least, at least give him a shot, a legitimate shot at uh, at being a starter, because I think he's got the best stuff of any of them. He's just uh, just fun to watch. He, I always compare him here, and I'll probably will every podcast from here until eternity. But uh, the stuff in terms of comparing him to Johnny Cueto, that's good. But I, I compare him, in terms of my enjoyment watching him pitch, to Bronson Arroyo, who I love watching pitch, just because of the way he changes uh, speeds and, and changes his arm angle. and it just has an idea how to get guys out more than you would expect from a guy who's so young. So um, I, I'm a big, big Roselli Iglesias fan, and, I, and I, I, I do think he's got the talent to be the number one starter from this group, which is saying something, because they they get a lot, a lot of talent uh, in these young pitchers. Um, well, do you think the Reds, with all these young guys coming up and some of the, some, you know, Joey Votto starting to hit again, what do you think? Can, can they be a, at least a decent team in the second half this year, or at least a team that's fun to watch?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's certainly, um, a lot of time. I, I would not put my money on them being above 500. Um, in the second half, but they could probably hover around it. Um, and there'll be a lot of other teams that are, are, beat up in the second half and it looks like the Reds are knock on wood are getting healthy. Um, so, you know, they may be able to capitalize on some of the other teams that are kind of filling in really bad spots like the Reds were doing in the first half with all their injuries. So I mean, they could certainly be good. Um, hopefully not too good. So we don't lose our draft spot next year,
0: but <laughs> right. And don't lose the focus on the uh, on the rebuild either. because Yeah. Uh, but uh, just good enough, I would hope. that, And I do think they'll play better in the second. I don't see how they can't play better with all the guys getting healthy and, and with the young guys finally getting a chance to come on, onto the stage. But uh, I, I anticipate them playing better a- enough to where at least we all see, hey, we're going in the right direction. And I think that's probably the best they can hope for out of this season.
1: Well, even if, if they're just not having starts from Simon, Moscott, Melville, the list goes on, of, of guys like that that have had to fill Adelman, that have had to fill spots. If they're just not getting starts from those guys in the second half, they'll be so much better. Yeah. That That's the problem is when you have guys that are just such, sorry to say, it, bad pitchers in your rotation, you're not going to win a lot of games. So when they have guys with talent going out there every single day, they'll, they'll win more games just the the nature of
0: it yeah i mean it's almost brutal to look at you look at the guys who have started the six guys who started the most games for the reds this year and and two of them have an era over eight uh and and that's alfredo simon and and john moscott neither although i don't think moscott's that bad he was really bad uh in his last stint i don't know what that was all about um i expect he's got a little bit more ability than that but those two guys don't figure to get you wouldn't think any more starts this season barring a lot of injuries. So yeah, they they can't help but be a little bit better. Uh just from that perspective. Well, and glacius in, in the pin should should help. As much as I don't
1: like it, it will it will certainly will, will help a lot.
0: And and Michael Lorenzen.
1: Oh yeah. You forget about Lorenzen. I mean he's got a great arm. Um he, he could definitely be a a closer type. Um and, and that that's what you like when you got all these extra all these extra starters. The, a lot of the best relievers that we've seen the last ten years were failed starters. Like, yeah, uh, you think of like Wade Davis in Kansas City. I mean, as good as it gets, he was a failed starter. Um, so yeah, you just hope some of those
0: ha- fall with the Reds. Yeah, and and again, I think there's reason reason to be hopeful on that point. Uh, what else you got for me, Nick? Um. Have, have we exhausted? Have we beaten this particular horse to death? <laughs> um,
1: who who do you think is the most interesting interesting player to watch in the second half of the Reds?
0: I think it's Cody Reed, uh, off the top of my head, just because of the, the hype over the since you know since he came over in the trade, and um, and I think probably he's the most interesting to watch. I wish that Jesse Winker hadn't hurt his wrist because I was hopeful that we'd get to see him uh, sooner rather than later, but uh, but Cody Reed is just got a chance to be intimidating and just fun to watch and so i look forward to seeing how he reacts to facing major league hitters for the first time uh, who do you
1: who do you say uh yeah, i mean probably probably cody reed too um i think it'll be interesting i think joey vada is just gonna have one of these second halves where he just he takes all his first half frustration out on this, the second half and i think his I think he's going to surprise a lot. I think the end-of-the-season end numbers from Votto are really going to surprise a lot of people. I think it'll be interesting to see him come back to, to Joby Votto.
0: Yeah, and we're, and we're certainly seeing that already. I'm, I'm still baffled. Uh, I know pitchers were pitching him differently, pitching him inside a little bit, and, and Votto's always thinking, and maybe maybe he overthought it. I don't know. I'm never going to question Votto because he knows more about hitting than I ever will. But, but he's, he's back to being Votto, and I'd love to see him come out and have a second half like he did last year. And you know we'll look up at the end of the year, and he's you know a five-win player or something uh, by the end of the year. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's hoping for too much, given how bad he started. But yeah, we, it, it's crazy that we've talked so little about Votto uh, in this podcast and in the last couple of podcasts because he's still he's still the most talented player that's on this roster.
1: Yeah, and, and back we were talking talk at the beginning who should be the the All Star. He um, didn't even mention Joey Votto. He's still the Reds' best player overall. Um, it was it was really just such a shame. I know his numbers weren't as great at the time that he missed last year in Cincinnati when he had such a and it was such a great season that he he missed out on the All Star game uh, last. Year. That's that's something that really will I think eat at me at least for a long time.
0: Yeah, it ended up being one of his better seasons, and uh, and of course they have, having the All Star game there in Cincinnati, it would have been good to have the Reds' best player. Uh, best player there, uh, but
1: Tom did a great job representing the city. In it. So I mean, it all worked out. But but you know, a thousand OPS and you don't make the All Star team in your home city, that, that kind of stinks.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, again, uh, Paul Goldschmidt and Anthony Rizzo. There were some other guys hitting well at the time, and, and yeah, and Votto was hitting well at the All Star break, but he really turned it on in the second half, just almost historically good second half. So uh, some things conspired to keep him away, but again i'm a sucker for the all-star game uh stuff and i always want to see going back to when i was a kid and they'd announce the lineups you know and they'd show i'd get so excited for whenever they got past the cubs so that we get to see them introduce the reds to a national audience that's the type of stuff that i liked as a, as a kid i was a i was a weird kid
1: i like, i agree i love the i love the all-star game i watch all the festivities i take i uh when I when I worked a job where I had to work second shift, I always requested off the All Star Game two months in advance, um, even if I'm just watching it at home. You know, sure. I, yeah, it, it's it's unlike any other All Star Game. It really is is special to, to baseball fans. Yeah, I can't get enough of it either.
0: Yeah, we'll probably talk some more about it before it gets here because we got a got a couple of weeks. Um, Nick, appreciate you appreciate you coming on the podcast for your first appearance and. Uh, I can guarantee that if I have anything to say about it, it won't be your last. Thanks, thanks for thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun uh, talking some some Reds baseball. Yeah, even when they're awful, it's fun to talk. I don't know why that is. Again, I guess I guess it's just I'm I'm weird, but it's always fun to talk Reds, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's it's a lot different than I think 2013 or 2014 and
1: 2015 when there was expectations and then they were bad. There wasn't any expectations, so them being bad, it doesn't. It doesn't like hurt as bad. It it still can be exciting.
0: Yeah, and you can you can focus on the things that are, uh, you know, without having to worry about a pennant race uh, and how bad the Reds are playing. You can you can focus on some of the other things. And there are there have been some highlights. Um, well, you know, I appreciate uh, you all listening to uh, to the podcast again. I don't know why you download this and waste your time listening to us talk, but I'm really appreciative that you did it. Uh, go to redlegnation.com. great stuff uh, by uh, just a really, I, I think, as good a group of writers as you'll find anywhere, uh, baseball writers, including, uh, including Nick Kirby, who's uh, joined me here today. Go to uh, iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about it, give us a rating uh, at iTunes and a review that helps move us up in the, and, and introduce us to more people, and, and that's also why I say tell your friends, but now, uh, as I say every week, if you like us, t- tell your friends about us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut, please. Uh, follow uh, Nick uh, on uh, on Twitter and make sure I get this right at Nick Kirby N-I-C-K-K-I-R-B-Y uh, it's actually Nicholas P. Kirby yes I get that wrong every time Yes, every, uh, Nicholas P. Kirby follow him on uh, on Twitter and, and we'll uh, we'll tweet that out on the Red Leg Nation account you can follow us at Red Leg Nation follow me at Dotson C D-O-T-S-O-N-C if you like um, and uh, go subscribe tell your friends really appreciate uh I appreciate Nick joining me this week. And for Nick, this is Chad Dotson saying, So long, ago.